0: Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. We've always thought that the most compelling story strikes the perfect balance between an honest look at the mess of life and the humor that can be found in the mess. To be perfectly honest, we don't really know how to live life without both the humor and the authenticity.
1: Our podcast might be a little bit of whiplash at times. We can spin from hard and deep to humor and laughing on a dime. The hard will be really hard and the truths we share are the ugliest of humanity. We don't intend to make it seem like it's all fine or to pretty up the pain, but we also know that the joy we found is all the more profound because of the pain. So we hope you can stick with us through the ugly because there will also be
0: joy and hope and humor. Welcome to the ugly truth about the girl next door.
1: Hi, welcome back to our podcast, the ugly truth about the girl next door. Um, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. (laughs) And we're back. We're back. Yeah, we took a little bit of time. Uh, Our summer, you know, podcast schedule, I guess, might be a little bit lighter than it has been. Just, you know, kids home from school and summer life. All the moving parts, living that different moving parts. Yes, or dream. Yeah. Uh Like checking off a calendar. Okay, eight weeks. (laughs) Just to get through eight weeks. (laughs) Not actually, I love to have my kids home. Um, I really do. But I, it's just a lot of moving parts it's complicated yeah more complicated more complicated. different complicated different yeah you're Mm -hmm. not doing
0: homework you're not doing yeah everybody out the door in the morning
1: yeah like this week i literally um like i'm i've been so thankful to not have to like pack lunches but then like we were out of like stuff like halfway through the week because my kids are home eating your food eating yeah like (laughs) it's like oh wow like everybody ate lunch at home which doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen um, all week, so yeah, it's like that shift of like, oh my gosh,
0: we need more food. We, <laughs> we sure do. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah. Anyway, so
0: what are we talking about today? So Kate? today
1: we are doing our Q and A episode, which we, um, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you saw um, that we did a post just basically saying, you know, what are some questions that people have? Um, we know that there's some questions that people ask frequently. And so we, we also pulled some of those for this episode, but, um, all of the questions that we're going to answer today are questions from our listeners. Oh my gosh. We have listeners. How silly. We're podcasters. (laughs) Are we? I know. I think we have to, I mean, we have like how many episodes
0: now? I know a lot, a lot. I think we're podcasters. It's official. (laughs) I know. Even though it doesn't feel like it, we we were saying like, it's so weird when we've taken a little bit of a break and now we're back. It's takes some,
1: readjusting well and if anybody saw like Mm. our quote recording space like
0: (laughs) yeah the microphone is propped on a pillow
1: (laughs) right and like the ipad is on like a tv tray
0: (laughs) we're super fancy
1: we're so professional although i did paint our other other yeah i'm really thankful for that to be honest with you i can't wait to see it it's gonna be great it was pretty yucky before was it yeah Uh, it was yeah i didn't notice that but i i I think it's gonna look really fresh thank you yes maybe we need to like i don't know <laughs> decorate it well should we get like a poster of us or like oh, that would be so awkward Okay, so awkward maybe
0: okay nobody needs that okay. okay so this may be a two-part episode because you know there are actually a good number of questions so we've sort of tried to mm-hmm. i don't know figure out how to break it up so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah okay so the first question is do you have any proof of any of these claims like video or audio footage um so i can't tell if this <laughs> if this question is actually like just like just i'm curious like is there proof or is it negative prove it. yeah like prove it to me like you know um so i guess the answer to it though is yes um you know obviously not like some of it we have published we published the video from of the people in the backyard you know the threats, things like that. Um, a lot of it we wouldn't publish. That's just not acceptable. Um, and most of it is what we've been talking about that there are videos and pictures that have been taken of the abuse that are out there, but most decent people wouldn't see that, obviously. Right. Because you'd <clears throat> have to be looking at horrible things. And hopefully you're not. So. Right. Right.
0: And, you know, I guess I just want to emphasize that this is exactly what makes it so difficult to prove sexual abuse is that by definition, it happens in secret. Right. So if there were easily accessible video or audio footage, this would not be allowed to go
1: on. Yeah. Which is the case for any kind of. Right. Right. Yeah. But in this case, there is video. It's just, it's out there on the, (laughs) I don't know. It's out there. Um, so yeah, second question. Um, have you met other people in the Buffalo area who have been trafficked? So yeah, actually several
0: people have messaged us since we started the podcast talking about their own stories. Um, we've shared some of that. Um, actually after our last episode about family controlled trafficking, a woman reached out thanking us for sharing because her story is so similar and she never really knew that this had happened to anyone else besides her. I felt like when I, when I read that, I thought about how hard it was for us in the beginning, Kate, to even call it trafficking because it just, yeah, was your life. And that's, that's what, what I this like, was saying. Yeah.
1: That's literally what I gathered from her, um, message too, was that she was like coming to terms with. Like, like how I had to, like, this all sounds exactly like what I lived through, but like who knew that there was a name for it, you know? Um, and then
0: it feels like, well, surely I'm the only one, although you knew that there were other kids involved, but I think you ended up feeling like, yeah, maybe it was just here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. So yeah. So thank you to the people that have reached out to tell us that because it has been really, um, validating i guess is maybe the right word i don't know Mm -hmm. makes Um, you feel
0: less alone less crazy like less like this is about you
1: right yeah absolutely
0: yeah So, question number three will you ever come out with names so others can protect themselves and their children Mm
1: -hmm. well
0: that's a very complicated question Mm -hmm. because um in truth we've gotten pushback on both sides of that question right so um we've gotten pushback for not even naming people but referencing people and their roles in the community we've gotten grief about that including mm-hmm. <clears throat> the possibility of a lawsuit mm. um just for referencing people never mind literally naming people okay um but we also have gotten kind of <coughs> excuse me a little bit of maybe not exactly an accusation but sort of a if you really cared about people and really cared about children, why wouldn't you just tell us who the bad people are?
1: Yeah. Especially in the beginning, people started to panic because it's like happening in their backyard. It's happening in their neighborhood. It's happening in their church, mostly church, you know, Mm. element was a lot. Um, and so there was this like panic response of like, you have to tell us who these people are so we can protect our children, which if you go back to one of the very beginning episodes that we did, um, Lori did an episode on protecting our children for this reason, because it's really not about us telling the world all the different names of the people. It's about, it's like from the inside out, it's being able to protect our kids from the inside out, not eliminating everything. You're never going to eliminate every single person with malice intent from your kids' lives. It's just not going to happen. Um, right. So I have found it interesting
0: that the episode on how to keep our kids safe is one of the (laughs) least listened to episode. Yeah. Which,
1: yeah. And I don't know if that's like some of our audience maybe doesn't have kids. Um, and so like they kind of bypass that one, but yeah, it's a really important episode, especially if you have kids and you are concerned about this, which everybody should be concerned. Um, Even not in this specific story or this specific situation, but just about keeping your kids safe. There's a lot of crazy people out there.
0: Well, and you may not have kids in your direct care right now, but you probably have children in your lives and or parents in your lives who you may be in a position to kind of share with them some of the information about the importance of kids having power and voice and the importance of not expecting kids to give hugs to everybody, like the things that we talk about in that episode. So yeah, go back. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode for sure. But so I don't know, just to circle back around to that question of, are we ever going to come out with names? Well, we are doing the best we can to bring awareness um, without getting sued. (laughs)
1: yeah and we have um you know there have been church leaders and um people who are in a position to do something about these people um that have asked us and when it seems appropriate and like there is something that can be done we have shared names um in a private setting specific people um but no on a public platform um yeah no no not really (laughs) right but that's an important
0: distinction i think because when it's a situation where this somebody um, who we know was part of kate's abuse has access to children we have done what we can to bring those in a position of authority who could keep kids safe we have brought that information to them
1: yeah absolutely um so that's that's really been our focus um versus just like yeah putting it out for public consumption um,
0: so may, another question that's come up is whether we've named abusers to law enforcement.
1: <laughs>
0: Shall we discuss that?
1: Uh, should we? Yeah. Um, so yes, we have, um, named several abusers to law enforcement. Um, we've also, some of our descriptions of people just kind of to, in our last couple episodes where we Gave just a very broad stroke picture of the um, entanglements episode. Yeah. Um, of kind of who the type of people that were involved. And we gave examples of who these people are. Um, well, number one, the funny part is a lot of people figured out who they were just by the description um, because people they're known, understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, they're known creepy people. Um, and so it wasn't hard to put it together. Um, but I don't yeah we have so yes we have named people to law enforcement absolutely we've been working with law enforcement on and off um for a long time on this we've
0: also talked about though how complicated it is with law enforcement and for law enforcement and we have certainly found that to be true since our entanglements episode
1: yes um yeah so we have yeah we've talked about how complicated it is for law enforcement and that they have a lot of red tape they have you know this idea of um you know there's only so much they can do without certain things there's there's a lot that people don't understand about law enforcement i think in that um you can't you literally can't just like call a police station and like get someone to investigate anything for you um it's very very complicated and like what they can and can't do and jurisdictions in niagara county erie county you know fbi like it's just i mean there is so much that people don't understand about law enforcement um and then there's also this element of um, in the last week, what we have just, you know, I've been saying this since I met Lori that my abusers are, um, very, very, very connected. Um, my father's business does a lot of business with, um, sheriff's departments. Um, I have, you know, <laughs> uh, judges on the Island. Um, they're very, very, very well connected and, um, we described an abuser in our entanglements episode who is, uh, has been deputized by the sheriff's office, the Erie County Sheriff's Office. Um, and we didn't name him, but we just described that that's the kind of people that we're dealing with. And, um, after our, I feel like I'm so carefully like waiting mm-hmm. for this. Um, so after our, um, entanglements episode in which we, you know, described that person. Um, I had an Erie County Sheriff's detective, um, show up at my house completely unannounced, um, which is really unheard of. Every time we've dealt with law enforcement, it's been, you know, where can we meet you? Your terms, very, you know, victim centric as much as they're capable of. Um, but this guy just – she shows up at my house. Um, I wasn't home. My husband actually texted me and was like, there's this weird car outside. Like I maybe see that there's, you know, a badge and a gun. It might be police, but I'm not sure. And like, of course, because of all the threats and the people stalking our house and all the things, we're very leery. We don't open the door to people we don't know, um, you know. And um, anyway, he ended up leaving his card to call him. Um, my neighbor texted me saying that he was talking to my neighbors. He was walking around my yard. Um, my neighbor said that he was asking questions about my husband and I, about where we worked. Um, just really bizarre, um, bizarre behavior. Again, based on our experience with law enforcement thus far, it was just kind of like, wait, what? Like, so I had reached out to another Erie County Sheriff that we had been, you know, working with who we trusted, um, and she vouched for this guy. I said, yep, he's he's working with – he is Erie County, you know, um, so it's okay to talk to him, basically. If you need help, call him. Yeah, if you need help, call him. Um, so I reached out to him. I texted him and said, um, you know, that – hopefully he would understand that we don't answer the door for strangers and, um, him showing up on is a little bit unsettling to us, but that if we wanted to set up a time to talk, we would, you know, I'd be happy to do that. That would be really helpful.
0: Actually try to first arrange a phone call. Yeah.
1: I first said, you know, if there's a time when we can do a phone call, that would be great. Um, he said, I would rather not do it over the phone. Um, I said, okay, well I was actually leaving to go out of town, so it had to wait. And he, um, he said that was fine. So, um, I got back into town. Um, I got back into town, and he texted me the night before we were supposed to meet that we had. i had given him a day that we could have met, um, and he basically just said, "Okay, I'll be in touch." <laughs> Which is also like, okay. Um, he texted me the night before we were supposed to meet and said, "Where would you like to meet tomorrow?" I said, "Could we meet at my counselor's office?" Um, and gave him the location of that. Um, again, all law enforcement that we've met with, we've met with here. Here. We have had no problems doing that. Um, it's always been like, I can, yeah. Wherever you're most comfortable, wherever you're most comfortable. Right. Because they know they're smart. They know that if it's uncomfortable for the victim, that you're not going to get very far, right? If you're anxious and panicky the whole time they're talking to you, they're not going to get very far. Um, so yeah, that's always been the case. So I said, you know, can we meet at my counselor's office? His comment back to me, his text back to me said, I would prefer to meet at the station, 1856 Whitehaven Road, Grand Island. You can bring your counselor with you if you want. So he's asking me to meet at the sheriff's station on Grand Island, which is where my abusers work and live. Um, it is where this deputized member of the sheriff's department frequents um so my comment back to him was, again, not to be difficult, but if you understand anything about my story and situation, you would understand how not doable that is for me. I'm sorry. I can do a phone call tomorrow if that's better. Um, his text back said, this is to follow up on accusations about a member of the sheriff's from your podcast. That's why we would like to do the interview here.
0: So let's let me just reiterate that. Let me just say that again. Yeah. So this is regarding the accusations that's why we want to meet here so this is regarding the accusations against someone who frequents the very police station i want you to come to that's why i want you to meet here right
1: so like what's the so my response was okay well then you should realize how not victim-centric that would be for me to come there the station where that person frequents i'm sorry but i'm not going to be able to meet today if that's problematic i can put you in touch with my attorney and his text back to me said, OK, have your lawyer lawyer call me. Um, so we are not going to really unpack all of our thoughts on that. We're going to let that sit and um, you can make of it what you will. So when you are asking yourself, where is law
0: enforcement? And we say that it's very complicated understand that we mean it's complicated. Mostly what we mean is it's complicated like it's not Olivia Benson. And there are so many good law enforcement people out there who are hamstrung by the layers of bureaucracy. And then there are concerns about this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So that being said, I guess what we would like to also say is that we are watching what my abusers have threatened for my entire life of they are well connected. They do know people. And if you do the research, you know, if don't, you don't even
0: have to take our word for it, do the research on familial trafficking. And you will see that over and over the research points out that these people are in fact, often connected in the community. That's how it's able to go on.
1: Um, But so we, we are, um, we would love to take this outside of Western New York. Um, so if you are somebody who is outside of Western New York, who works in law enforcement, um, or knows someone outside Western New York who works in law enforcement or
0: is in the private investigator world or knows somebody who could help us outside the area, we would love to hear from you. Right. We're all ears. Email us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the law enforcement question. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like the next natural flow is a lot of, we've had a lot of questions about justice. Yeah. Right. That I think it's important to kind of talk about. Um, so some people have asked us about like, are you getting justice? Kate, are there, what's the path to justice for you? What does justice look like for you? Um, and some people have said, how is it just for you to imply or call out people on your podcast to accuse people on your podcast? How is that just to them? So there's two pieces that have come to us. One is kind of accusatory to us. Like how dare you accuse people on your podcast without giving them the opportunity to be heard on the subject. Mm -hmm. And the other is about you can, are you able to get justice?
1: So I want to address the first one of the whole innocent until proven guilty. Someone actually said that to us, you know, aren't these people innocent until proven guilty? Um, so yes, that's true in a court of law. And if we were in a place of, you know, being in a court of law and their life whether they're going to go to jail for the rest of their life or not is on the line. Um, Yeah, that's our justice system, innocent until proven guilty. Um, But this isn't a court of law. And when you ask that question, what you're really saying is that you don't believe the victim until it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt in a court of law, Um, which is fine. You don't have to believe me. But. I don't have to care about that. Correct. We might want to add at that.
0: No. no, I think that that's um, true. It, as the survivor, it is not your job to convince people what is true.
1: No, You're no. You're telling your experience. Right, exactly. That is the goal, right? We're telling the experience. Um, we're hoping to keep others safe if you choose not to believe it. Um, and that's your choice, of course. Um, and I hope the people in your world are safe, right? I mean, there's nothing that's mm-hmm. not like a – anything it's just that's the reality like that's what we're doing here is is trying to uncover this thing because we want to keep people safe including myself and you choose to believe it or not believe it but saying they're innocent until proven guilty what you're saying is i don't believe you until someone else prove proves it to me right um right and where's that proof like where do you get that proof right 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 and by the way
0: i'm gonna highlight We are not the ones talking about justice Mm -mm. right along we have been talking about safety not justice so other people are coming to us talking about justice that's not our priority
1: right if we were if that was our priority we probably would be naming people um, because it would be like we want to blow up their lives that's not really what we're looking to do we're looking to keep people safe and if keeping people safe blows up one of the abusers lives. That's not on us. That's on them for being an abuser. (laughs) So, right. Um, yeah, Yeah. we haven't been, yeah, again, if we wanted justice, we would be intentionally trying to blow up people's lives. And that's not what we've ever done or been about. No, we've been very careful. Yeah. Very careful about how we've walked through this, not
0: trying to create a problem, an explosion unnecessarily, we're trying, this is about safety. This is about safety in numbers. The more people that are aware, the easier it is for Kate to be safe. The you've said it before, it's going to be way harder for them to just disappear you off the street. Yeah. Right. This is not about justice, although that would be great, but that's not what we're seeking here. Right. We know the statistics though. So we have never really been expecting that, Somebody's going to be put behind bars next week.
1: No, well, not when the law enforcement is asking me to come to the Grand Island station for the interview. Yes, yeah. Oh my goodness! Laughing,
0: even though that's not (laughs) funny. It is not funny. It It is not a really hellish week. But Mm -hmm.
1: yes. Um. Mm. Okay, switching gears. Yes. Um. So somebody asked. A lot of people have asked, actually. Um about the dynamic between my brother and I, if he knew about the bu- the abuse, um someone asked if he should step down at the chapel um that's a very hard question to answer. <laughs> um,
0: the should he step down?
1: No question? just the dynamic. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
0: so let me just say that I think what Kate's gonna share is would probably not be John's perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also pretty vanilla and like Mm -hmm. softballed because I don't really want to get into all of it because Mm -hmm. it's just very complicated. Like everything else in my life, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, But so my perception, yeah, is different than his. Um, Yeah, we don't, we're not currently on um, speaking terms. Um, He hasn't been solidly in support um, he kind of has wavered. He's been in support. He thinks he's in support. Um, but his actions say otherwise. Um, you know, his, yeah, his words and his actions don't match, I guess. Um, which is really difficult for me to deal with. Um, now I'm going to say he would disagree with that. <laughs> I'm would. sure he would. He yeah. would say,
0: I, how, why are you saying that when at this point I don't speak to mom and dad and, um. You know, I've asked over and over for you to give me more information so I can support you well. Um, So that's what he would say. And what's your response to that?
1: A lot of what he has, it's been a a lot of what he um, is asking for is, is to make it easier for him. Um, Not. uh, Yeah, not what can I do? no matter what hands down what can i do to help you there's also not been a lot of so that it's it's very complicated um the dynamic the sad part is the dynamic to my brother is really that he um i did have a good relationship with him um and now it's sad <laughs> um but he has his own boxes in terms of knowing about the abuse um he has his own very tightly kept boxes, I believe, um, since doing the podcast and since having more conversations with him, he has had some of those boxes open and he has shared, um, stuff that he remembers and things that now click together for him, um, that, you know, I think pushed him to kind of cut off that relationship. Um, but he's also not in a place in his life where he, this is again, my perception, my opinion. He's not in a place in his, in his life where he wants those boxes to really open. Um, and I also don't think that he's getting uh, the help that he needs professionally to really work through the boxes. Because um, the counseling at the chapel is <laughs> not going to do the job. Is not going to do the job. Yeah. Um. So that's my perception. I don't think that really... You know, I'm sure a lot of people have much would like to know much much more about it. Um, it's not something that I'm gonna openly discuss, though publicly. It's it's very 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 complicated with him. Um,
0: so so another question that's been asked is whether or not your parents had normal childhoods.
1: Yeah, um, it's actually a great question. I don't know who asked it, but it was a great question. Um, We've been wanting to do an episode and maybe we've we have touched on the fact that this is generational abuse that my uh, my dad grew up in this kind of same nightmare. The business that um, is the light world business or bright world business um, was handed down to him um, from my grandfather. And um, yeah, so he he grew up in the same kind of craziness um, that I did. And your grandfather was. My grandfather was part of it. My grandmother was part of it. Um, You know, and then as well, on the opposite side of that, my my mother grew up with an alcoholic father. Um, My father was really kind of her rescue, um, pulled her out of that family (laughs) um, scenario, which that's complicated, too. Um, And they both grew up in the original church where the abuse happened. Yeah, they both. Yeah. Okay, so next question is um, How did you meet your husband and when did you share with him about your childhood? How were you able to get married and have a new life? Um, people have actually asked this question in very bizarre ways. Like, so it's a question that's been asked a lot, um, like how I'm able to function. Um, <laughs> very bizarre ways. But um, so, how did I meet my husband? It's a great story, actually. Um, we met, so we both grew up on Grand Island. I knew who he was, which he always is like, that's because people know me because he thinks he's like the coolest. Um, (laughs) and because he was a year older than me in high school. And so he was like in musicals and stuff. So I like knew like, oh, he's like whatever. Um, but I didn't know him. Like we didn't know each other growing up. And then when I was, um, in college, I went on a missions trip. And he and his dad were actually also on the missions trip. And um, we ended up – we were – I don't even know if you know this. We were like in this silly like skit together. Um, <laughs> and he was – because it was in Spanish. It was in the Dominican Republic. And he was sexo. And I was the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I not know that. Um, yeah. And so like for the whole trip, it was just like this joke that like whatever. And then um, we were – we just started talking a lot on the trip and hanging out and, um, we sorted crayons together. I always like, we were, had a common interest in that. Like why make white crayons? Like it's the dumbest thing ever. Although I'm <laughs> black paper. It's not dumb. I understand. Someone's going to say that to me, but white crayons, like let's write like, Oh my goodness. So we were also so young, like so dumb and young. Um, oh, funny. Yeah. Like literally like I was like 20 and, uh, anyways, like one of the last days that we were on the trip, like we'd been like hanging out the whole trip. And one of the last days we were on the trip um, was beach day. And I actually got stung by um, a Japanese man of aboard jellyfish, which is crazier than like East coast jellyfish. Like 60% of people who get stung by these go into cardiac arrest. Like it's really crazy. So like really intense pain and like on the beach, like shaking, shivering the whole thing. And this guy, like he doesn't even know me. He like stayed with me the entire it's like 6 hours of pain until like the venom wears off and he like stayed by my side like held my hand he could have gone and like jumped off a cliff into the water which would have been really cool and he chose to like stay with me um so before we left for the like to go home from the trip so i was actually moving um like 2 days after the trip ended i was going to be moving um to washington dc and um he we like went and watched sunrise together on the trip and he was like, if you weren't moving away, I would ask you to dinner. And I was like, if I wasn't moving away, I would say yes. And it's like this whole cute thing. Aren't you adorable? Aren't we though? Um, so yeah, we did long distance for a minute uh, while I was in DC and then I moved back to Buffalo and um, happily ever after. So <laughs> so how long from when you met to when you got married? Two years. So we dated for a year, engaged for a year. Um so, and he's like the cutest, like ever. He's just, he's, he's a good one. Um, but did I ever, t- did I tell you he proposed with a cookie cake? Did you know that? No. <laughs> <laughs> was the ring in the cake? Yeah, he. That was, yeah, so he like got a Mrs. Fields cookie cake made that said, "Will you marry me?" and it had a little cutout for the ring box.
0: How cute.
1: I know. Um. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we were was he so graduated young? college at that point. Um yeah, when he proposed, he I'm trying to think, was he graduated? Yes. I think so, and I was graduating. He proposed in February, um on Valentine's Day, and then he I graduated from college in May. Um and then we got married the following February. So we were young. I was like 22 when we got married. So really young. But babies. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um but so I guess that's you know um the how were you able to get married and have a new life that really just comes back to the boxes um the you know it's the church me it's the I had a whole different section of my brain that the abuse lived in and a whole different section in which my life lived in um and I know someone did ask if we can explain the boxes more which I think we'll do in the next episode but Um, really the truth of the matter of how I was able to do that was just keeping it all separate in my brain. Like when I'm living in, in my bright world, I, the dark world is just not, it's just not, it's just in a box that's sealed in the back of my brain. Um, when I got married, um, the dynamic of the abuse and the trafficking changed um, a lot of people have asked, you know, if I can talk about how I finally got out and how I finally, it all stopped. Um, I'm not really in a place to talk about that. Um, mostly just because we're still dealing with so much and we're still kind of unpacking so much. And, um, so I'm not, it's not really a question that I can answer at this moment in time. Um. But I guess just the answer, the best answer I can give is, yeah, I got married. And the dynamic of all of it changed because I now was married. So
0: And quickly had children. And
1: yep. Yep.
0: So you got married. And then how soon did your first child come along?
1: Um, well, so I got pregnant pretty quick, but then I lost that one. And then Noah was born. I had just turned 25 when Noah was born. And then three and four years. So Ooh, <laughs> I was Nelly. 29 when I had my last child. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. So life was very, I guess my point is
0: that it was easier maybe to keep the boxes all shoved in the back of the closet oh, because yeah. everyday life was so
1: full. Yes. My first two <laughs> children are only 11 months apart in age. Mm. And um. so I don't, I say like, I don't even remember the first year of Finn's life because like just, it was just craziness. Like. Yeah. So yeah, the boxes were easy to just kind of keep so separate because there was no space in my bright world to even think about the dark world. Um, the other question people ask is when did I share with my husband about my childhood? Um, so he knew very brief information just that I was abused as a child. One, like the public story, right? I was abused. Family member moved away. The end. He knew the public story before we got married. Um, It really wasn't until my daughter was born and all the boxes kind of started breaking down that I remember I actually um, met Lori before I even told my husband that I needed to do that. Like I literally made the appointment and didn't tell him, which probably sounds terrible, but I was just so overwhelmed and afraid. And I think you what you said before is
0: you, right up until the day you showed up here, you were thinking you might just not show.
1: Yeah. So I didn't want to make a whole big thing of it in my like bright world if I wasn't even going to be able to go through with it. Um, but I literally met Lori and was like, my husband doesn't even know that I'm here. So <laughs> that's like step number one. Um, but I remember sitting on our bed. He was working from home and like just bursting into tears and being like, I went to this appointment and I need to do this because I'm like losing myself and I'm like losing my shit basically. Um, And that was the beginning of kind of really telling him the whole story. Um, And he has been uh, incredibly patient. Um, We are going to do an episode with him um, talking about, um, you know, being my spouse and being – involved in this with me. Um, but he's been very patient just in, um, waiting for me to share the information. Um, I'm not saying it's always been easy for him for sure. Um, this is not really what he thought he was getting into when he said yes to marrying me or when he asked me to marry him, I guess. But, um, he has never, you know, even when I've thought like he's going to leave or this is going to be too much for him, he is like, no, hundred percent. No, that's not, that's not even on his radar. So. Um,
0: right. That fear of him leaving is nothing to do with him or how he has expressed himself to you. It's more that that's what they always said.
1: Yeah. And it's more that I just can't believe that he would want to stay, that he, he, I keep saying he didn't sign up for this, you know, um, and he didn't, but he is in it with me till death do we part, you know?
0: So I know, I don't know. I guess I know that none of us get the life we think we're going to get. Cause when we're starting out our lives, it's like this grand fantasy of how whatever was broken in our childhoods, we're going to do differently so that it can't be broken in our adulthood. And, you know, we're going to do all the things and it's, you know, of course that's how everybody starts. Um, but nobody gets the dream. In many ways we get a better dream because, when we go through hard things together we find a deeper more solid sense of connection than we possibly could have had without the hard things but it doesn't necessarily feel like the hard things are the dream but
1: yeah and patrick will tell you i mean again we hopefully will do an episode with him but he will tell you that our relationship has never been more connected because of this, because now he feels like he knows the whole story. And because me sharing the things with him has not pushed him away, if anything, it's brought him closer, because it's like there's been this missing piece for a decade, really, um, between us. And now it's like it's it makes sense to him.
0: Well, and to a certain extent, you had to be holding yourself, holding a safe place in yourself because you couldn't help but think well if he knew everything yeah i could lose it all so everything was about protecting the secret yep and now that's not a thing
1: yeah and you're able to be more of your authentic real self because you're not holding all the boxes closed right it's messy like i'd be lying if i didn't say that it's really really messy sometimes there's days that i just think i don't know how he is gonna do this and i don't know how we are gonna do this but um, we do it and, um, yeah, we yeah. just do it. And we're, I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful for him. <laughs> and he's thankful for you. That's imp- him. Think- is he like, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he should be cause I'm amazing, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's the ping pong. There's the like really quick yep. humor because I'm done talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep. That's what that is. I'm kidding. I know he is, but, um. Sometimes you you struggle, to I struggle to understand that. Yes. Because like I'm a mess <laughs> and he knows I'm a mess, but
0: yeah, but you're not just a mess. Mm, see, yeah. I know that's what it feels like to you, but that's not what the people around you see.
1: Yeah. Actually, Christiana and I just had this conversation because i um, just talking about different things and she was saying like, you know, the people that are listening, don't see it the way that you see it. And she was kind of relating to that in some ways. So, um, Mm-hmm. I, I understand that completely, but yeah, it's just complicated. Yeah. It's so complicated. Everything yeah. is so complicated yeah. and I feel like that's always our answer and that's why we're doing this Q&A episode because it's like to just keep telling people like mm, it's complicated is kind of rude and – um You know, people have real questions and I'm thankful that they want to know and have questions. But the truth is, it just is all really complicated. Mm -hmm. So
0: and remember that, please, when you're thinking about why we're doing it a certain way or not doing it in a certain way, is that it is complicated and we're doing the very best that we can do to do this in an intentional way.
1: Yeah, there's no playbook, right? We have no like Mm -hmm. no one like to kind of follow in these, but it's like we're just like blazing a trail here. I guess I don't know. Yeah, kind of. So the last question for this part of the ep- of this episode um, is: uh, a lot of people have asked us and have asked other people, "How can we help?" and "How are you doing?" Um, the "How are you doing?" Uh, it's it changes every day. I, um, you know, we talk about the boxes. I have my public version of myself I have a work part of myself I have a family part of myself and then I have the collapsed part of myself (laughs) um so it's fluctuating and it is also complicated um I will say though I think that the
0: the parts of you are less separate than they were before
1: oh for sure but that also makes it really messy (laughs) like there's yeah Um,
0: yeah, it's a lot harder to just be in the public part of you because the box is not completely closed. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, Yeah. it's definitely, um, so it's messy,
0: but it's okay. But I'm sorry, I have to say one more thing. That also means that when you're, the collapsed part of you is there, there's still access to the functioning part of you, Yeah, which it used to be all one or all the other. Yeah.
1: And now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Um, the question of how we can help. Um, so we have, we have had things out there, um, in the world on our website that other people have shared, um, on our behalf of how to help. Um, and we have really not talked about it on the podcast at all. We haven't posted about it. We haven't, um, brought it up anything. Um, mostly because, um, it's, it's hard to, tell people how to help. It's hard to, um, so the goal of the podcast was never, and is still not to monetize my story. Um, there's all kinds of ways that we could have monetized the podcast and we never have because that's not the goal. Okay. And also any exchange of money in relation to this is just yucky. It's horrifying. It makes me feel all the things it makes my skin crawl. Um, and it, you know, anyone who's been involved in those decisions, um, as far as how to help knows that, that it's very, very difficult to process for me. Um, and at the same time, um, we have been threatened with lawsuits. Uh, we now got these law enforcement issues. Um, we are in desperate need of a PI or outside of law enforcement help. And by the way, we're spending money on security cameras and things. Yep, we are. Yeah, there's money that goes into doing this. There's money that goes into keeping myself safe. There's um, we need a really kick ass attorney. We have we have one, but we, you know, we got to (laughs) pay him. So that being said, for people who are asking, how can we help? Um, we do, uh, Christiana, an amazing friend, um, who, she actually didn't even know us before the podcast. Like we met her through doing the podcast. Um, she knows my family, like she is connected in a different way, but, um, but I personally didn't know her until the podcast. Um, she set up our website. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Check it out. Um, but she also set up on there, a GoFundMe, um, which Thank you so much to so many people that have already donated through mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, that's been amazing. But um, it is there for people who are – who don't know about it yet or who are still asking themselves, how can we help? Um, we also have a Venmo specifically for the podcast. So if that's easier for you and you want to just Venmo us, like that's awesome too. Um, we'll put both of those things on our social media after this episode airs. Um And we want people to know that the money that they donate will strictly be used for um, safety, for any type of attorney's fees, for our defense, and anything that's not used for those things, um, we will plan to donate to um, another organization that helps victims of trafficking, Um, which I just have to give a shout out to the uh, International Institute because they um, have kind of come through and, and helped with some things. Um, that have been really awesome.
0: Yes. And also um Mona's house. Mm-hmm. Um, they have also been consulting and helping us figure some stuff out too. We're grateful for
1: that. Too. Yeah, very grateful. Um, so yeah, any money that's not used will um will be going to places like that or those places specifically to um to help them out. So uh, that's okay. like so hard to talk about. I know,
0: <laughs> I know, I know. It's never really been about the money, but yet. No. The reality is, you know, if we have to pay lawyers and for security, yes. it has to come from somewhere. It has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So in our next episode, we are going to answer some of the other questions. Things like, how do I find a new church? <clears throat> what do I do about relationships I have with people who are most likely involved or complicit? Can we explain the boxes? Why didn't we file charges against the abusers? How much are direct memories and how much is uncovered, repressed memories? Um, And for me, there have been several questions that came up about the ethics, my professional ethics behind my choice to do the podcast with Kate. So I will be addressing that also in the next episode.
1: Okay, thanks for for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Remember to like us on Instagram, Facebook. Check out our website. You guys are great.
0: If you or someone you know is stuck in a trafficking situation and needs help, please reach out to the National Human Trafficking Hotline by calling 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP to 233-733.